Wasn't that a wonderful worship uh, time we had? I so enjoyed that. And I, I just have to share with you, you may know this already, but that song, um, uh, Open, which Sam sung, I think it was the second song written by Sam and Joe Bluston, is now the number one um, worship song for the month in uh, vineyards throughout the USA. So it's a tremendous honor, a tremendous privilege, and it's a great song, isn't it? So you can really get into it and, and sing it. And f- what a great joy that is. Okay. Father, again, I just pray, Lord, just breathe on my words now and uh, cause them to make sense. Yesterday, last week, I set a little bit of a mini-series in motion entitled The City. And, uh, you know, we are a church that uh, is known for our vision, but I felt challenged this year when we were at our National Leaders Conference to start inquiring of God about what his vision for the city was. Because I think I began to realize that, that God has a vision for this city. Now, now when I say city, I, I had a little definition which hopefully will help all of you here. And that was simply this, that I'm not just talking about St. Albans. It, it, it's a, a useful metaphor, but many of us do not live in St. Albans. I don't live in St. Albans. I live in a little village out towards Dunstable. But many of us come in to be part of this uh, family. And so really, when I, when I use the word city, I'm talking about anywhere there is density or diversity of population. And we said last week how, how in, you know, God, God has a vision for the city. And, and actually, I even went so far as to say, you know, life began in the garden, the Garden of Eden, but it will end in the city, the city of God. God has always had a vision for the city. And if you recall, I, um, I, I said that, uh, you know, we, uh, we saw the city as a place of, uh, God saw the city as a place of, of, of justice, a place of culture, a place of refuge, and a place of spiritual awakening. And we, we unpack those. Now, you'll need to listen to the podcast if you missed that. We also felt that God was saying, and, and Richard, who's on holiday, I've got a, a day off today, uh, Richard sort of sparked my thinking here. Jeremiah 29, you know, The prophet Jeremiah was talking to the exiles as they went off to another city, a foreign city, when they were carried away to Babylon. And Jeremiah said to them, you know, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it, for if it prospers, you too will prosper. And I said that, you know, what Jeremiah was really really saying to the exiles was, don't stay apart, don't separate yourselves Indeed, integrate into the society, integrate in it, but do not assimilate its values. Integrate, play your full role in business, politics, education, health services, social services, commerce, industry, whatever. Play a full and dynamic role because God calls us to do that. We are to integrate but not assimilate. That means where you take in and become one with the host values. So that was Jeremiah's counsel, and that's good counsel for us. Integrate and do not assimilate. We also said that God's vision for us in all of this, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, he says this. I'll read it out. It'll come up on the screen, I think. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town, a city if you like, built on a hill that cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in the city, in heaven, sorry. And that's about as far as we got last week. This week, and actually, as I said, right at the beginning of this service, we've been doing a sermon, really, in communion. I want to talk about, albeit briefly, about the church in the city, God's vision for the church in the city. And the first thing that he wants to model, the fundamental value that he wants us to model to our society is unity, grace and mercy, at a heart of generosity. Unity, grace and mercy, we, we, we care for one another and we forgive one another at a heart of generosity. This is, this is the counterculture, the utterly subversive counterculture of the kingdom that we as followers of Jesus Go in as salt, as light. We integrate, but we do not assimilate the dog-eats-dog, the selfishness, etc., the destructiveness of our culture and society. Instead, we go in as those who are salt and light in the way we are, in what we do, and in how we work together. So, I want to press on because I actually want to allow a little time for some ministry at the end of this. So here's some seed thoughts for you to take away and work on. God is building a new community built up together in Christ to bring, he says in, in, one, uh, in Ephesians 1.10, to bring all things together under Christ. God is building this community together. Ephesians 2.19-22 puts it this way. Let's have this up on the screen. Thank you. I'll read it. Consequently, we are no longer strangers, no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with all God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. You see, this city is being built. There's construction going on. We're going to have construction happening next door. But there's another building going on. God is building his house, his temple, a place where Jesus reigns, where Jesus is glorified, and where we demonstrate a model to the city, God's vision for the city, of a place of safety and security coming together. We are, as I said earlier on, a light to the city. And as a light to the city, what does that actually mean? Well, it's interesting. Greg Thompson, who spoke at our National Leaders uh, uh, Conference, has put up um, he's gone back home to uh, the States where he lives and ministers as a pastor and theologian. And he was giving a little bit of feedback about how he found the vineyard as a movement. And he said two or three things. And I was, was, was profoundly moved and, and hoped that it was true of us. But I just want to share those things. First of all, he said that, you know, we were 
absolutely ready to worship. He said he didn't know a people like us. He'd not been in a context where people just seemed to go for it from, from the start. Now, I think if he'd been here this morning, he would have agreed. Nothing would have changed. I mean, some mornings, though, I feel a bit dopey. Hands up. This is confession. A bit dopey. It takes you three songs to get into it. Do you know what? It's too late for New Year resolutions, but I resolve to be ready for worship. I'm going to try and prepare myself so we, right from the off, we can be worshiping God, our Father and our Savior. But he said that of us, which is deeply and profoundly flattering. And I hope it's more than flattery. I hope it's reality. But he also said in us that we were a people who were not afraid of suffering. We were a people who were willing to engage with suffering. And that was seen in the way that right across the movement we have this heart for compassion ministries. I mean, we are, by the time we finished, as a community, and we're, we're pretty, we're, we, we've raised over a million pounds to do this thing next door already. And the money's still coming in, and God bless you, and thank you, mate, keep on coming. But, you know, we are investing a huge amount of time, energy, and money into blessing those you know, needy and underprivileged and, and desperate people in our community. I met one desperate chap this week. On Monday, I was just coming in, and I had a meeting upstairs. And as I came through, the, I usually come through the front doors on a Monday when we've got lots of friends and clients here and volunteers. And this guy was about to be thrown out because he was drunk, which is one of those things we don't allow people to turn up drunk. And he caught my arm, and he said, Pastor Chris, can I have a quick word? And I, I knew he was drunk. Sometimes, you know, you kind of wonder whether it's worth spending time with somebody drunk because they just never remember the conversation, whether they behave well or badly or indifferently. But he caught my arm and he said, and he started to share a bit about what's going on in his life. And it wasn't, I need some money, give me some money. It wasn't, you know, I need this, I need that. He just shared how terrified he was. He said, I'm scared, I'm scared. I live my life scared. And I just stopped right there. And I knew this was a moment where the Lord was just saying to me, stop right there. Because people don't listen to this guy. This guy is the guy who's drunk in the street. This is the guy who's so on and so forth. And so I stopped there and I got, he was getting right into my face, you know, invading my space. But I just stayed there, had the grace to do that. And I ended up praying for the guy breaking that fear off him. And then I did something that startled me and the rest of the, congr- uh, rest of the people that I embraced him. You don't embrace a drunk. In fact, one of the volunteers was hovering around when we peeled away. She said, you've got snot all over your... Can I? It was very sweet and looking after me. But I knew it was the right thing to do. And there were tears running down this young man's face. And he told me how he hated... He, he was not unaware of how people viewed him. That may not be a surprise, but he was not unaware. He was disgusted with himself. And it needs a few people like us, a few good Samaritans, if you will, to break through the shame and the fear and the mistrust, to reach across those divides, to bring unity and to bring grace. And so Greg Thompson said of us as a movement, and please God of this church too, that we are 
We are, not, we are those who do not run from the experience of suffering. The experience of suffering. Secondly, we carry with us, he said, the hope of salvation and that joy and that, that, that earnest desire came, comes through in our worship and in the way we are with one another, the way we fellowship together. We have this hope of salvation. And you know, the more I thought about it, I thought that's the way Christians should be, isn't it? If we're followers of Jesus, and if Jesus says to us, take up your cross, well then we should be those who are not afraid or ashamed of the experience of suffering. We should be those who are willing to embrace those who are isolated and separated and, and, and just set apart from us. Surely God's vision for the city is as a place of refuge and justice and all the rest of it. But it's that a place where where people get healed up. Unfortunately, the way the city looks at the moment, with the devil in control, is it's a place of destruction and despair. We are called to begin to be salt and light, a prophetic voice, a prophetic presence in the city, where we turn that upside down. And the last thing that Greg said, and we're going to finish a little early so that we're going to just savor this in a way, He said that we had the overwhelming expectation of the reality of God's presence in our midst. The overwhelming expectation of the reality of God's presence in our midst. Note those two or three little things. We expect God. We expect to meet with God not because of some presumption, but because God has promised us that we will meet with him when we come together. We may meet with him when we're apart, but consistently we will meet with him when we are together. And there is a reality of that. It's not just an airy-fairy, oozy-woozy thing. There is a reality in all of that, that we experience his power to heal our bodies, to transform our lives, to break addictions of us, to bring reconciliation and forgiveness when when our families begin to disintegrate and we say things that we regret later. But it's also God's presence in our midst. And hundreds, two and a half thousand years ago, Moses said to God about the children of Israel, this is the thing that sets us apart. If anything should set us apart, let it be this, that God is present in our midst. Now that doesn't exclude others because God is a gathering God. Gather, grow, give, that's that's our little mantra. He welcomes others. But let that be the distinctive of us as we begin to grow up and wise up and understand of what our place is in society, in the city, places of density and diversity, that our role is to carry with us the reality of God's presence. And if we can't experience it together here, well then quite frankly, I'm going to pack up and go somewhere else where we can. I am hungry for the presence of God. If we can't experience God's presence in this place, where can we? And the truth is that 
we can. And it's there for the taking. So I'm going to invite the worship team up. It's a little bit early, and I've had to gallop a little bit through my, uh, my talk. But you'll forgive me, because I want us to really mark this moment, mark this territory, if you like, that this is a new beginning for us. We're being built into a new community that will impact this city. And that the defining things about us will be a willingness to embrace the suffering of others. A continual sense of God's imminent return, the salvation that is ours, that gift. And thirdly, that expectation, overwhelming expectation of the reality of God's presence in our midst. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless you, Lord. Father, send the fire upon us. It changed the city of Jerusalem back in the first century. It changed the city of Jerusalem. The fire fell and it changed the city. Never the same again. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. We will end up singing together, but now I just invite you just to close your eyes. Cup your hands as you did before, if you like. Come, muster up all the expectation you can that God is in the midst and He desires, He desires to fill us and empower us to make us salt and light. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just, gonna, I'm just waiting because I just sense the Lord is going to start ministering to us. So just wait with me. I'm just going to let Sam and the band just play whatever comes to mind for just for a moment. And I'll come in to direct and what have you in just a moment. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, Spirit. Draw near to me. Right up. Draw near to Fire fall, Lord God. Let the fire fall. Thank you. Spirit of God is beginning to settle on us now. 
more like God. Oh, my love is yours. Thank you, Jesus. the fire fall, Lord. Let the fire fall. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Don't be alarmed by noises or weeping or laughing or whatever. It's okay. Bless you. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Let the fire fall, Lord God. Let the fire fall. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you, Lord God, that our overwhelming expectations are based on your promises. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you. More, Lord God. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, some of you are going to be the ministry team. Some of you are going to be the ministry team. Some of you are sensing God's presence. You're I don't know, you're trembling or you're just sensing deep peace or you're weeping a little or laughing a little or whatever a little. That's fine. When the spirit touches flesh, there is always a reaction. When the spirit comes upon flesh, there's always a reaction. So don't let that disturb you. But if you have no particular sense that God is doing something to you or for you at the moment, just look around and if, if you see somebody who's looking very peaceful or trembling slightly, I don't want you to pray words out loud, but just turn and look around and, and just begin to quietly pray in tongues if you have that gift. Just very sensitively, just place your hand on their chest. Men, not on the ladies' chests and women, whatever, let's be, do this right. But just look around, there's lots of people who are gently swaying like, like reeds of, like reeds in the wind. Spirit of God, there is a reality, not just a theory, a reality to the presence of God in this new community. It is a distinctive, it is something God has always intended to be modeled and to be present in his kingdom. Let the fire fall, Lord God. Let the fire fall. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Again, be brave, folks. If you're not being ministered to, look around. And if you see people who are trembling, shaking, or whatever, just walk along the chairs, if you mean. I don't, I don't mind. Step out along the chairs and, and go to those folk who are being ministered to. Jesus only ever did that which he saw the Father doing. And if you see God ministering to someone, do what Jesus did and begin to pray for them. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you. Bless you, Lord God. 
give us another chorus. Thank you. That's good. Ian, would you go and pray, move around a bit and pray? Thank you. Bless you. Good, good job. Pick out some guys and just pray for them. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Bless you. balcony, I just want you to close your eyes, please. Just everyone close your eyes. Holy Spirit, let the fire come on the balcony up there. Thank you. That's good. This is for you. Bought with Christ's blood. The precious gift of the Father. The Holy Spirit. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you. An overwhelming expect expectation of the reality of God's presence in our midst. This is a good place, a good day to get saved, to surrender to God, to ask forgiveness for your sins, to commit to go on with Him. This is a good day to be healed. God, just break off disappointment now. Bless you, Lord God. Comfort those who mourn. Dance with those who know joy. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Now, lots of people all over the room. And thank you, Lord God. Let your fire fall on. Up there it's happening. Up there on the balcony. <laughs> Gosh, bless you, Lord God. Fire on the balcony. Fire on the balcony. Bless you, Richard. Fire's on the balcony. Bless you, Roger. Fire on the balcony. Thank you. It's hard for me to see who's up there. I just see lots of shapes, lots of people up there on the wing over there. Can't see who it is, but just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, come now. There's no no-go areas. Doesn't matter how many doors, padlocks, barriers, barricades you put up to God. He just walks through doors. He's the one who walks through shame. He walks through guilt. He's not ashamed of the experience of suffering. He walks straight through and into our lives, almost uninvited, but not entirely, to bring grace and favor and mercy 
If that's what you want, just say thank you. Just say thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this wisdom that you're receiving is not just for now, it's for the world. This is what the world is thirsting for. They're dying in the desert for want of this. This life is a prophetic witness to the city. It will be the added, the, the thing that sets you apart, the presence of God that sets you apart. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you. I want to say, I want to say bless you because you have taken advantage of this opportunity. We're running out of time and I'm, I'm mindful of the others who will be coming into this place in just half an hour and I want to allow time for God to do more things and make space for new people. So feel free to stay for another service. We're going to be doing a similar thing at the second service, but just stay as you are now. I'm going to get the band. Sam, you know that, that new song we sung? Would that be appropriate to sing now, or would that, would that be... Uh, I wrote a song this week. You, oh, Sam wrote a song this week. Great. So we'll sing that one. Well, you just stay in the presence of God, folks. Just let the band sing this to God and over you. You don't have to join in. And I'll be up to say the blessing in just a moment. Thank you. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God, not for what I've done or for what I've not. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God, not for what I've done, for what I've not.
Bless you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing and what you've done and for that which you intend to do, Lord God. It is a wonderful thing to be caught up in the present day purposes of God. Thank you, Lord God. We will have stories to tell about God's exploits and the privilege that we had in being part of them. The angels will gather around us on that day and say, what was it like when? What was it like when? Thank you, Lord God. I'm going to say the blessing, but before I do that, uh, just to say that if you, if you want to commit to Jesus, and I'm not saying commit to religion, you may have done that already, but I'm saying if you want to commit to Jesus, He's the very center of, of life. Religion, frankly, I can do without, but Jesus, I simply cannot do without. If you want to commit to Jesus, ask his forgiveness and his help for the future. Just go to my right, your left, and our team will pray for you. The prayer team before the service felt that there may be someone here with an intolerance to grapefruit. Let's pray for you. A young man with a left injury, a sports injury. There may be a lady here, Paula or Pauline, having gynecological problems. There may be somebody with a problem with their digestive system, maybe related, but somebody with Crohn's disease. I think we prayed for, we, we, we spoke that out last week as well. A lady with chip bone in the left wrist. 
There may be somebody here with uh, two toes on the left foot which cross and are causing discomfort. Let's pray for you. Somebody with left ear problems, a man with an irregular heartbeat, possibly named Terry, a man with varicose veins, and a man in his 50s uh, with, who is overwhelmed with grief. If any of those resonate with you, or if you would like prayer for anything, please go to my right, your left, and the prayer team will pray for you. And can I just say this? Don't usually say this. But we're going to be continuing in this vein and this theme in the second service. And if you've got nothing pressing to do, you may like to stay with us because that which God has already done for you will help raise faith for our brothers and sisters who as yet are coming to this service not knowing what God is about to do. So if you can't stay, please feel free to stay. Love to see you. Now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. Tell your friends about Jesus and bring them along.